Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, in this episode, I have a listener of the show who reached out to me to send me some very interesting information about what is going on within the school where they attend as a senior in high school. And I emailed them back and I said, why don't you come on the show and talk about what's going on? And they said, absolutely. So this is our conversation. And I'll tell you something. This right here is a perfect snapshot of what is going on in American K-12 schools and how if anybody listening to this has any taxes or levies that are school-related on the ballots coming up next week, you have no business voting for any higher taxes on yourself First of all, because that's just crazy. And second of all, because that taxed money of you and everyone around you who owns property, that money will go right into the hands of the criminals that are described in this conversation. Because you are literally now paying for students to have no dress code, for trannies to just go in whatever bathroom they want and not be held accountable for anything. You're voting openly for tracking methods that are being used among the student population that they are forced to download. This is a problem. You're also voting for conflicts of interest. You're voting for illegality. You're voting for a completely degenerate environment. Not to mention, of course, everything that they've done over the last two years and the rampant child abuse. The mask wearing, the we want you to take the death jabs, the whole thing. That's what you're voting for, and that's what you would be giving money to. You would be giving money directly to those people. Fortunately, however, America has excellent young Americans just like this person in it, and with people like this in our country, our future is bright. So give this a listen, ladies and gentlemen. Share it where you can, and I'll catch you on Monday. Take care. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's get into the COVID stuff. What do you say? All right. That sounds great. Awesome. Um, Describe 2020 and what was going on in March of 2020 when all of this started to rain down. What was going on in March of 2020? And what what was everyone's response within the school building itself? So it was pretty new. Um... We hadn't had much information about it. I, well, as a student body, we weren't really, that wasn't really a topic that was talked about. Um, and it started off just as an extended spring break, just as we're going to have one week off, uh, get this thing cleared up, and then you'll all be back at school. It'll all go back to normal. And then we ended up being on lo- online for the rest of the year. We didn't have any schoolwork for the remainder of the third quarter from March until when the fourth quarter started. And then for fourth quarter, our grade was what our third quarter grade was, and it could only go up. Us not doing the work did not bring our grade down, so there was really no incentive if you had a good grade to even do any of the work. So whatever grade you had in the third quarter, if you did nothing, your grade for the fourth quarter was going to be exactly the same. Exactly. No kidding. Yep. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. 
if you had a C, you could get that up to an A and get a 4.0 that next quarter. Wow. Obviously, we were all watching the board meetings consistently, very closely to try and figure out what the school was saying about all of this going on. And I noticed that um, certain members of the board were saying, you know, we highly encourage you to get this vaccine. Very just kind of throwing it in our faces that we should get this. Let me back up real quick. Were they doing that in 2020? Because I'll be honest, I wasn't watching their board meetings in 2020 at all. Um, or was that around 2021 when they started to do that? I'm trying to think here on my timeline. I mean, we knew they were pushing the masks pretty hard. And of course, you came back in the fall of 2020 and they were mandatory, correct? Yes. So, yeah, that would have been... Yeah, in 2020, that's when they started pushing the vaccines. That's pretty early. Yeah, it yeah. And they provided, I use that with air quotes because they make it sound like a good thing, um, buses and times for people to get these vaccines, really just making it very, uh, making a lot of accommodations to these people so it would be easy for them to get the vaccine. Buses describe that. What do you mean? Like uh, they would pick people up from their homes and drive them to where they could get it? Uh, yes. Good Lord. I might, wait, I might be wrong on that. I didn't really dig deep into this specific, all the buses and everything. It was either a medical bus coming from a hospital to these certain areas that they were advertising, or it was buses going to pick people up to bring them to these hospitals and things. Wow. Yeah, because I know that they had, in 2021, they had uh, a series of vaccination days, quote-unquote, at the school, at the high school. Yes. So what else was going on in, in the fall of 2020 then when you came back and you were wearing masks? What was the overall tone among the students and the staff? The tone among the students was very... I think everybody was very confused, very, you know, what's going on? Why is this happening? Why are we still wearing the masks? Just kind of, we weren't really given answers on questions, so we didn't ask questions about it because we didn't know what response we were going to get. Um, the We had plastic dividers on our desks when we went back in, in the fall, and we had to carry them from class to class and then seventh period we would leave it in that class and then the next morning we would come and get it from that seventh period and walk to our first period and we did that every day that we were back in the fall did anybody push back on any of that did any students say this is ridiculous i mean did it cause classroom disruption for, if you know in a i would say in a good way where a student would say, you know, what is going on? Why are we doing this? This makes no sense. Yeah, there was a lot of complaining and, you know, just wanting answers. Like I said, we were just all confused. And they, in another sense, they did cause disruptions because the plastic dividers would fall. The teacher would have to stop what they were doing and... Um, figure all that out. And it was just, it was a lot. 
What was it like being in a classroom, looking around and seeing everybody wear a mask? It kind of felt apocalyptic in a way, <laughs> really. Yeah. Uh, it was, you didn't really know who anybody was because you could just see their eyes. And if somebody took it down uh, from above their nose, they would get told, hey, you know, put it back up over your nose. Like, I, it, Or if somebody was talking to a teacher, a teacher would say, hey, I can't hear you. Your mask isn't over your nose. You see, this is the kind of stuff that endless people want people like you and me to forget. Right. You know, they they just want us to believe that maybe they made a mistake and they were misled or whatever else. But, you know, as I've said on my show, and you've probably heard me say it, that there's just no way that uh, that these individuals are ever going to apologize for anything they've done. Right. They won't. Yeah. They will not take accountability for it. So can you give me some specific examples too? I mean, just to, to elaborate a little bit further as to what what the student tone was like, how students were behaving, how they were acting, and then again, how the teachers themselves were behaving toward the students. Because again, I, I'm certain that there were disruptions consistently, as you just said, but I mean, it, it had to be a daily thing. Is that right? Yes. Um, every time a student had a mask under their nose or off their face, the teacher would stop what they were doing in the middle of class and lecture them until they pulled it back up. Were there students that would do that intentionally just to provoke the teacher? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. I just think that's great. Oh, that's funny. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. It's sad. You know, it's not a learning environment. That's not, uh, that's not a learning environment at all. No. What was lunchtime like? What were the other activities like during, during the fall of 2020 when you all came back wearing the masks? Well, um, a lot of the sports, you had to wear masks, which even if you were outside, you had to, which kind of doesn't really make sense to me. And um, at the football games, we were not required to wear a mask. Um, which we're all in proximity of each other on a Friday night, close proximity in the student section. Uh, admin was there without masks on. And then Monday morning, we'd come in, get yelled at for not having our mask on uh, above our nose. So that it, we were closer in the student section than we are at school. But nothing was said at the football games. And um, this was in 2020, 2021, I'm sorry, the football game situation the when fall, we still had masks. Gotcha. The fall of 20, 20, uh, 2021, right? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I jumped That's ahead fine. of you. That's all right. Would they remind people to wear masks and social distance and things of that nature? Yes. Okay. I don't remember specifically if it was over the PA system, but teachers would imply it. Because you guys have one of those TV production classes too, right? Yes. And you make a number of different videos, PS, PSAs, so to speak, and put them out there. I remember watching a few of them, and 
the people on it were wearing masks as they're sitting right next to each other and going around the school and everybody's wearing a mask and asking them questions about this, that, and the other. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Did they, did they use that? I mean, they must've used that system within the school to perpetuate their messages. I did not watch it. Most of the 2020, 2021 school year, um, I had actually decided after we had gotten let off of in-school schooling um, when the, during the fall that the rest of the year I was going to stay online because I was tired of waiting for, are we going to go back or are we going to keep staying home or doing that flip-flop? I just wanted to have a consistent way of schooling. So I didn't watch the news most of that year. So you just chose to stay home and do the online stuff? Correct. Nice. Because masks and sure. all of that going on. Well, that leads me to my next question, which is when you came back, again, let's go back to 2020 in the fall of 2020 real quick. When you came back and masks were implemented, I wouldn't even use the word significant, but did you notice individuals who were no longer at the school? Uh, yes, there, uh, there, I did notice there were less people in most of my classes. Can you ballpark a number? Perfect, um, like in one class where maybe it used to have 25. How many did it have now? 19, 18 or 19. Are you, are you back there now full time? Yes. Let me ask this too, because you, you kind of hit on it earlier with the social distancing stuff, but on a consistent basis, like describe, basically describe a classroom setting. Again, you mentioned the dividers and all of that, but how did they handle, how did the school handle the social distancing, that, that giant lie? They had tape on the desks where the chairs were supposed to be, where it would be a certain amount of, of inches or feet or whatever apart from each other. Um, they would go around and actually measure between the desks with a ruler or a measuring tape to make sure they were far enough apart. And in a science class where they have the big tables, they would either, like I said, do the tape method or they would do every other chair had a student in it. Weird. Yes. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so weird. What was lunchtime like? What was the cafeteria like? So we had four lunches, I believe. I believe we had four different lunchtimes. Um, and there were, they had opened up the gym area to put tables in for people to eat in, in addition to the cafeteria. So there wouldn't be as many students around each other. And there were only allowed to be a certain amount of people at a table and I think it might have been six. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure on the number, but um, it was a small amount of people at each table. And uh, actually, one time when I was sitting at the top of the gym, I was sitting right next to the trash can. I got up, didn't have my mask on, quite literally turned the other way, threw my trash away. And sat back down. And one of the lunch ladies came over 
and said the next time I stood up without a mask, I was going to get a detention. And one of my friends actually did get a detention for doing the exact same thing I did. That leads me to my next question, which is, what was what was the discipline like? Were they kicking students out of class? Like you just said, they were giving them detentions for standing up for five seconds without a mask on their face. What else were they doing? And what else did you witness or, or hear about? Um, I Students were actually being sent home if they refused to wear a mask. Was that a daily thing? I am unsure of the amount of times it happened, but I do know that it did happen. Let me let me ask about some things now, again, sort of shifting into 2021 and, and a few other things. What percentage would you say, and again, well, let me start with this, the, the number of students, again, that you sort of saw disappear, say, back in 2020 and throughout 2021, did you see a fluctuation in, in students returning or leaving throughout that time? Um, there, in, so since I stayed home, there were about three or four kids from each class that I was in. I have seven classes. I had seven classes um, that were also online when everybody else had gone in person with the masks in 2020 in 2020, 2021 school year. Um, so I think this year there have been a lot more students, probably because there is a larger freshman class, in, um, in my opinion. I've noticed more of them. And then there are a lot more students back in person, and I think that has to do with them taking away the online option like the Zoom option to where you can still be involved in class. And those students that were online were students that came back to in-person schooling. So you've seen students come back by and large? Yes. Okay. Are you back to full classes again? Yes. Um, And then I also want to bring up a point about last year, or not in the 2020 and then 2021 school year, um, I had received a truancy letter for not attending the Zoom meetings for each of these classes. So I had then a couple weeks later received my report card, and on my report card, it said that I had no tardies and no attendant or no absences. So that kind of made me think, well, if it's not going on my report card, then how are, why are they recording it? And why did I get a truancy letter for it? What was the, what was the, how did that all shake out? It was just a letter informing my parents that I had missed this amount of Zoom calls and nothing was ever said about it again. Okay. So it was just a threatening letter, basically. It, I, I think so because it wasn't on my report card. The amount that I had missed was not on my report card. I heard personally from three other individuals, students at the school district, that they also received that. Well, given the fact that you're back now, what what percentage would you say of in, of students, we'll start with students, what percentage of students 
are are wearing the masks, do you think? Maybe one or two people in the hallways, but other than that, I haven't seen anybody wear it. Gotcha. Okay. No one in your classes? No, I haven't seen anybody within my class wear one. Not even staff members? No. All right. Can you take a, a guess as to what percentage have taken the shots among students? You know, in my opinion, that could go either way. It could be a large amount due to the fact that I'm in a college town and a lot of parents are professors and teachers and I would say lean the way of the vaccine. But, or it could go, you know, nobody has it. No, no student has the vaccine. I, I don't know. How about staff members? I would say probably most staff members have it. That leads me to my next question then. Um, I recall in the fall of 2021, around September, if memory serves, and then I believe again in January of 2022, that your school shut down for a while? Yes, I have it written down right here. Um, January 19th through 21st, that we had a quote-unquote COVID break for those couple of days. And they called it a COVID break? Yes, from my recollection. Even though it was sick people correct who couldn't show up to work yes all right thinking about the masks the masks did block a significant amount of certain viruses and diseases um so that leads me to believe that the reason why so many people are sick right now is because our immune system was not exposed to those certain viruses and um, things that infected our bodies before COVID. So now with us taking the masks, masks off, we're all getting hit with it. And because our immune system was weakened through wearing the masks. If you don't mind me saying, you're, you're partially correct. And... I would be remiss if I if I didn't take the opportunity to to basically say what I'm sure a lot of my audience members are are aware of. But first of all, this may be difficult uh, to grasp, given what, of course, is taught in school and what's occurred over the last couple of years. But viruses aren't even real. They're they're not a real thing. There is only there are only healthy cells in the human body, and then there's poison. And so what people refer to as viruses are just abnormal poisoned cells in the human body that either got that way naturally, because that's what happens with our cells in the human body on a consistent basis, or people poison themselves and then those cells become abnormal at a faster rate, and then a person starts to feel the effects of being ill. Does that make sense? Yes, that does. 
not only does it say on all of the boxes of every mask where there are directions on them, it will say, you know, the words warning, and then it will say does not prevent against viral transmission. The reason that it, they have to say that is because legally speaking, viruses aren't real. It's just right. like it's just like on one of those tubes of Clorox wipes. It quite literally says kills 99.9% of all viruses. And in the upper left-hand corner, it says kills COVID-19. And it said COVID-19, that it killed it before COVID was announced to the public. There you go. Which means if they're saying that, what they're really doing is admitting that viruses are not real. So when you wipe a surface, you're not really killing anything because there's nothing there that needs to be killed. You're just cleaning it. You see what I mean? Yes. So the mask wearing, and this is what I would have said, the mask wearing deprives oxygen. And the number one cause of cancer, you want to stump somebody with a question, ask them this. Ask them what the number one cause of cancer is, because here's what they'll say. They'll probably jump to something like smoking. Or they'll say drinking alcohol, or they'll say what, you know, illegal drug use, whatever it may be. The number one cause of cancer is more specific than that. Those are activities. The specific number one cause of cancer is oxygen deprivation at the cellular level. So if you deprive a human cell, a single cell in the body of, of 35% of its oxygen, it will start to turn abnormal. And then that cell, one of two things happens. Your body eats it and you don't feel any ill effects or that abnormal cell travels to a part of your body that has very little oxygen in it because that's where it wants to go. And then that cell can start to replicate and then that causes cancer. So quite literally by wearing the masks, they were causing cancer within people potentially. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. The masks were all about mind control. It had nothing to do with viral transmission. You cannot cough or sneeze on people and make them sick. The reason that we cover our coughs and we cover our sneezes is simply because it's, it's politeness. You know, you walk up and sneeze in somebody's face, you know, they're going to punch you in the face. Right. <laughs> you know, if you cough in somebody's face, they're going to do the exact same thing. So the reason that you cover that isn't because you're going to make them ill, because that's impossible. Nothing, nothing, nothing travels in our saliva and moves from person to person in the air uh, that makes anybody ill. It's actually proximity between people. You know how, like, when you walk into a room, and there's people in that room that you don't like, and your body starts to feel weird, like, oh, I don't want to come in here. There's people in here I don't like. And then your heart races and all of that starts to happen. Right, yeah. That's how people become ill. It's, it's about proximity. So if you're around people who are diseased or uneasy because their immune system is thrown off, then that can rub off on you. Not, again, not because they're coughing, sneezing, or touching you. It's just because your cells in your body recognize that person's cells 
as being abnormal. Okay. Now, if you were to explain that in any science class, they'd laugh at you. Because you're never going to find what I just said in a textbook. It doesn't exist in any K-12 textbook. It doesn't exist in any medical school textbook. That's not, None of that's there. So the whole virology lie, I'm going to tell you something. That's an interesting rabbit hole that I recommend you go down. Because uh, virology was disproven over 100 plus years ago. but. What you've seen as a school student now is that you have to have that lie in place in order to control people. Because if the story is there and it controls people, then they'll do whatever the people who believe that story say that you should do. Like wear a mask, take shots, put gloves on before you touch things, you know, stuff like that. It's, uh, it's, it's mind control. And it's it's awful. That's uh, that's kind of the big that's the big lie with that. But you were right when it when it came to how wearing the masks deprives people of oxygen and can make them ill. The answer to that is yes, because it even said so on the directions on the sides of those mask boxes. If people read the direction, you know, it said not a medical device, and if you wear it too long, you'll become sick. Well, that's why. Because you're depriving your body of oxygen. So, yeah, the whole germ stuff, the bacteria stuff, the, you know, the, the virus stuff, all of that is just, it's just made up. The whole thing is just a made up story. Um, let, me, let me ask you this then, because we, we kind of touched on it earlier about the student and teacher absences. Have you noticed students and teachers being out sick now that the jabs have rolled out? I have not noticed as many teachers as I have um, students. Last year, I noticed a lot more teachers out and being sick than I have this year. I have had a sub in my classes probably twice but that was because the teacher was going on a trip of some sort and it was scheduled have there been any injuries or deaths among staff members or students no just the usual you know amongst the football players getting hurt on the field other than that there has not been any do students there, are they aware of the board meetings and the board members and the superintendent? And, and do, they, do they talk about those individuals? And if they do, what kinds of things do they say? They kind of, I, I feel like a lot of the students kind of turn a blind eye. Like a lot of them don't really talk. The reason I bring that up is because when I went to school, again, even when I was a school teacher myself, I didn't pay attention to school board members. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really pay attention to the superintendent. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't a thing. But the reason I ask is because these are different times. And for the first time, I think, in a very long time, if ever, school board members and superintendents are in the public eye now the way that they've never been. Right. I had never even, you know, really gave a second thought to our Board of Education 
until COVID. And I noticed not just me, but multiple other students were, oh, there's a board meeting tonight. Um, who's going to watch it? Kind of almost talking like a football, talking about a football game. You know, who's, who's going to watch it? Um, and then talking about it the next day. Like if they said, oh, we're not going back to school. I would get a text saying, you know, that it's upsetting that we're not going back or during the 2021 school year when they kept extending the mask mandate, I would get texts like, you know, they should just take the masks off already. Like it was a, the meetings themselves were a topic among people that I associate myself with. How about the administrators, the building administrators, kind of what's the overall tone among the students regarding them? Was a specific teacher during COVID um, that said, if you choose not to wear a mask, I suggest you educate yourself. I'm not going to say the name of the teacher, but she did say that. And once the mask mandate was lifted, she... I don't know a specific example of what I'm about to say, but I had heard that she was putting people down for it and discriminating against them for not wearing a mask. And students felt pressured to wear a mask only in that teacher's class because they were just there to learn and they didn't want to deal with it. We have a new principal this year. Uh, Miss York has retired. Um, and I have not heard very many positive comments about our new principal. In 2021, there was a, a, an amount of incidents that happened with girls writing on the bathroom walls. They had taken pieces of paper written things on them and put them in the boys' bathroom. They went in there and put them in the boys' bathroom about um, how they are offended that they can't dress how they want, essentially. And teachers were kind of almost turning a blind eye to it and being more concerned about how somebody was wearing a mask than what they were wearing. Uh, revealing shirts, very short shorts or skirts, being a distraction to everybody, kind of like, we don't want to see that, we're here to learn type deal. Um, and one particular thing that some of these girls had written in the bathroom was, um, you're just mad because I'm hotter than your wife, directing it towards the male teacher. So the dress code did end up getting lifted. We do not have a dress code anymore to my understanding. Really? Yes. They just went along with the terrorism, basically? Yes. Okay, so what what does the school look like now? Well, odd. <laughs> That's the best way I could, in one word, odd. There is just, you walk down the hallways and say to yourself, you know, I wonder if that kid got, dress, got dressed in the dark this morning. 
there are just so many. I've seen kids with tails walking around like it's every other Tuesday. Yeah, I've listened to some of these parents in these board meetings and they'll say things like, uh, you know, if, if you don't let the students wear whatever they want and you're not being equitable and you're not being fair and you're doing this and you're doing that, it, it absolutely blows me away. That, that doesn't make sense to me how they say it's not fair that their daughter can't wear a tank top to school when they're failing their classes. That's not going to make them do better in school. So why are they so upset about it? It's a nightmare. Sounds like a nightmare. It really is. And another thing I wanted to bring up is I found um, a part of an article from Newsweek regarding the um, the stats in educational personnel reporting child abuse. And once we went online for online learning instead of in person, the amount of cases fell 59%. I could not find a starting percentage or an ending percentage, but I read that it fell 59%. Because educational personnel are the main reporters for abuse and child neglect. Could that be because educators misinterpret situations constantly and over-report? It could be, but there's also students that are in, you know, terrible home lives and they go to school to School is their food for the day. They eat breakfast, free breakfast, and free lunch there, and they don't get anything till the next morning at school. So it's cases like that that these teachers are trying to identify, and that's why they kind of over-report things, I guess. Yeah, it, it does go both ways. Uh, you know, ha ha again, having formally worked within the business, there are teachers that will pull the trigger real fast on what they suspect is child abuse when in fact there isn't. And then the exact opposite is true, where there is actual child abuse and it does go unreported, which is too bad. And unfortunately, a lot of school teachers aren't trained to recognize what abuse really looks like. Describe the e-hall pass thing if you can. This was interesting because I'd never even heard of anything like this, and uh, you're going to fill in a lot of blanks on on this particular subject. So e-hall pass is a digital hall pass system where it's replacing, you know, hey, can I use the restroom? Sure, go ahead. With, hey, can I use the restroom? You have to fill out an e-hall pass sort of thing. And um, I have stopped using the app because when I go onto it and I hit to log in, it says uh, that I must give consent for the app to share my information. Um, actually, it, it, I'm reading it right now. This 
this allows the app and website to share information about you. And when I click cancel instead of continue, I am unable to use the pass app altogether. So, so we're talking about a phone app that every student is required to download? Yes. So, um, th so they're assuming every student has a cell phone. It also works on a computer. And I have read two different numbers for what they are paying per child for this app to be used. And it is three to five dollars per child that they are paying to use this app to this company. They're paying this money to the company. The school district or each individual user? The school district. Good Lord. That's a lot of yeah. money. Yeah. If you think about maybe 200 kids per class, grade class, like grade level, that's $600 just for that grade level on the low end. So, and, um, so if you don't use this e-hall pass, what happens? It depends on the teacher. Um, I have heard teachers say, you know, can you use the e-hall pass so I stay on my boss's good side? And some teachers say, you know, no, you have to do it. Some teachers say, go ahead, go. Just, you don't have to fill one out. The pass actually um, tracks us when we send a pass in through the app. Um, if we go past where we said we were going, it sends a notification to our phone saying something along the lines of, we have not taken the fastest route. Oh, my God. Um, it limits the bathroom time to five minutes. You are no, not allowed to spend any longer than five minutes in the bathroom. Does your cell phone explode when uh, when your time runs out? The principal has come knocked on a couple classroom doors. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that brings me to my next point of what if a teacher, you know, forgets to end the pass? And it's on that student's record that they were in there for, you know, 15 minutes or 20 minutes because the teacher forgot to end it. I got to tell you, I'm trying to figure out in this description of just this singular thing. I'm trying to figure out what the real job of, an, of a school administrator is these days, because it clearly has nothing to do with anything logical. I mean, this is a colossal waste of time. It's remarkably invasive, and that's putting it mildly. What, what, what's, what's the general vibe? I mean, you said yourself that teachers don't necessarily enjoy this because they just tell students, hey, just you know, hit the road, get out of here kind of thing. Um, I mean, what's the general vibe among the students regarding this app? They can't like it. No. Um, I've none of the students like it at all whatsoever they are all very annoyed about the fact that it's a thing and um we are actually not allowed to go unless i think we're, we're not allowed to leave the classroom unless i think three people in the hallway and let um that's the hallway traffic limit i think um, has cleared up. So if there's three people out, you can't go until one of those people comes back. 
I believe it's three. I could be wrong, but I know it's a number around there. And you only have a certain amount of passes per day that you're allowed to use. So I'm, I'm not sure what that number is because, like I said, I don't use it a lot. Um, but once you hit your limit, you're not allowed to go anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it seems like it's a perfect opportunity to basically blackmail somebody or threaten somebody by saying, you know, you've you've used it this many times and uh, we've noticed that you're in trouble or you have these grades and this is how often you're out because we can track how often you're out of the class and how often you're in the bathroom and all this other stuff. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Yes, it is. Speaking of bathrooms, describe the uh, describe the trannies in the bathrooms. Okay. All right. Um, so I have seen this boy who's transitioning to a girl. I have seen him in the bathrooms, the women's restrooms, uh, multiple times. And I've heard it from my friends saying it makes them uncomfortable. But they're too scared to say anything out of fear of offending somebody. And when it is reported, nothing is done. Like, I have a specific example here of this person walks into the bathrooms and peeks through the stalls of the women's restrooms and watches girls use the restroom. And there was an incident where a teacher was not paying attention to the class and this specific person that had been going into the restrooms was uh, touching on a girl and actually groped her breast and the girl took it to the school and they the school has not separated the two has not taken either either one of them out of this specific class i'm not sure when it happened but no action has been done about it. And they say that this person is not allowed in the boys' restroom or the women's restroom, and that they are only allowed in faculty bathrooms and the nurses' bathroom. But yet, this person still goes wherever they want, really. And this is a boy pretending to be a girl? Yes. Here's my whole thing about it. Sure. Don't make. The 99% of us uncomfortable to accommodate to the 1%. Well that's said. My, that's my main um, takeaway from this. Describe, describe the, the flyer that you received and a little bit about the levy that you know about regarding this uh, upcoming election day. Okay, so I, in the mail last night, I, December, not December, I'm sorry. November 2nd, I received in the mail a flyer, and I'll pull up here and tell you what it said. It was signed by a teacher, and it read, Only 50% of our parents typically vote in a midterm election. We need more than that to win. Spread the word. Every vote, every yes vote matters on November 8th. And then... It was signed by a specific teacher, and then underneath their signature was them announcing that they are a teacher. 
And that was paid for by a particular group, wasn't it? The flyer itself? Let me double check what that was. It was paid for by citizens for Talawanda schools. Okay, so it's basically, it's almost like a postcard kind of thing where anybody can write a message on it that they want, and then they're putting this in people's mailboxes. Correct. I I received it with the rest of my mail um, yesterday. So was it addressed to you specifically, or did did the address on on this flyer say resident, or or was there an address on it, and somebody just drove by your mailbox and tossed it in? It said the household of Talawanda supporter, and then it had my address on it. Yeah, they can't do that. That can't happen. I didn't think so. No, certainly not a certainly not a teacher. No school employee is allowed to do such a thing, uh, and they and they were told to not do such a thing. Even the superintendent was told to not do it, and yet he still sends out emails to people telling them about the levy. Yeah, these these you know these people do not care about rules. They don't care about laws. They are lawless. Going forward and talking about the tax levy. I was looking on the website, the Talawanda website, in regards to the tax levy, and they had put out their cup report for this year. The Talawanda School District is highest overall in percentages um, in three out of the five categories listed on what they spend their money on. Those three highest categories were instruction, building operation, and pupil support. Now, I wanted to bring up the pupil support because from my understanding, I couldn't get a clear answer. That is people who can support the children. I was going to ask you what in specific pupil support is. At face value, I would say that it sounds just like a blanket term where basically money just disappears. So they'll say that it goes toward supporting students, but if you were to crack that treasure chest open, you would find a thousand different things inside. So I don't, I mean, that's, that might be pretty obvious. I, you know, I, I don't know if that answers your question. For example, the, the, the hallway app, the e-hall pass thing, that, that might be a part of it. I was um, wondering if it was maybe part of, you know, thinking about pupil support, if that was certain administration that was being brought in to help these students, such as outside counselors or social workers that were coming in to help the students. It's possible. And if that is the case, um, I wanted to touch on what Emily Greenberg had stated when she talked at the board meeting. Yeah. How she was saying that if we don't have the levy, then we don't have enough resources to help kids. But right now, we are spending higher than the state average and 
in comparison to a similar school, we are spending higher than them um, on pupil support. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll tell you what, you're getting an excellent lesson in attending Talawanda in basically the same way that I received numerous lessons attending Talawanda. And it had nothing to do with learning content per se. It had everything to do with learning about the politics and the lying and the deception and all of that. One of the one of the large takeaways that I hope that you have regarding Talawanda and just American K-12 public schools in general is they love spending money, they love wasting it, and they consistently believe that it is the solution to all of their problems, and yet when they get more money, their problems always get worse, which should pretty much be, you know, the lesson that Money's the root of all evil, and evil people love it, and it doesn't it doesn't fix anything. No, it does not. Um, I also wanted to bring up Brian Price. He in twenty March of twenty eighteen, he expressed his concern for how Talawanda is spending their money at a school board meeting. Um, he then ran in 2019 for the Board of Education. He was harassed. Um, I'm not sure if that was through mail, on social media, um, verbally or what, but he ended up moving out of the district with his children and his wife because of the harassment. Yeah, it's a dirty town. It's, yep. it's a it's a dirty town, and if you know anything about Antifa and you know anything about Black Lives Matter, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. And this again, people need to know this too, because it's this is not unique to just where we live. That school board members, and administrators, and teachers, these people have children, and they make absolute militants out of their own children. I mean, they they turn them into vigilantes uh, and and vandals and criminals and all sorts of things. Not to mention, we live in a college town. There's right. absolutely nothing saying that individuals don't associate with college students who are willing to break the law because they know that they can easily hide, and it becomes very difficult to catch these people and then hold them accountable as far as the law is concerned. But uh, yeah, they're capable of doing a lot of things, but people have to find their spines and they have to push back and they have to make fun of these people because that's the one thing that they hate. They hate being made fun of. Right. And if you make if you make fun of them, then, you know, then they, they'll never get the upper hand. Correct. <clears throat> that's amazing. I didn't know that. That's too bad. It's not surprising, but uh, that's awful nonetheless. And then um, I had one more topic. We today in class we were handed out a I don't know a flyer. It's not really a flyer. It's a newspaper material kind of booklet 
um, from the League of Women Voters of Oxford. And on the front, it says Voter Information Guide for 2022. Inside are all of the people who are running in the election for on November 8th um, in Ohio. I don't know if that means anything, but oh, it, it most certainly does. Are you familiar with? Uh, well, let me. I'll put it this way. I'll just. I'll just tell you. The one of the board members, uh, Doctor Knight Abowitz, is on that League of Women Voters Council. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And that group has openly come out in favor of the levy. Interesting. Yeah, I did not know that. It's uh, it sounds to me like a law's been broken, because because they can't do that. She has a direct affiliation with that group. That group has taken the stance on the levy, and oops, all of the sudden, now a flyer finds its way into uh, the hands of every every student in that high school. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> These people, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, they love breaking the law. They just love it. They love it. I'll tell you what, is there any way that I can get my hands on one of those? Or at the very least, take pictures of it and send it to me, email it to me? Oh, yeah, for sure. Perfect. Yeah, this sounds like another ethics violation, another ethics violation form I'm going to have to fill out. Um, I have one more thing to bring up about the levy. Sure. Um, right now I am looking at, um, the 2020 forecast for the next five years. They put this out in 2020, the rev, the beginning balance for 2020 was 24,000 or $24,737,102. Their revenue was $35,334,252. Their expenditures were $36,810,779. That brings them to a deficit of over a million dollars. From their forecast in 2025, they will be dipping into a $6 million deficit according to their 2020 forecast. They're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's that simple. They're just stupid. They don't know how to balance a checkbook. And that should, that should raise everyone's ears as to where that money is going. Because one of the other things that they'll do on a consistent basis, which you may have heard one guy say in the last board meeting, because he was talking about things that they waste money on, and they don't even donate their own salaries. The administrators and the and the people who make the most money in the district, like the superintendent, they don't even put their their take home pay or their uh, any of their paycheck money into the retirement system, which everybody does that, but not but not them. The other thing that they'll do is they'll buy the latest and greatest cell phones. So every single time that a new iPhone comes out, the district will 
take district money, buy it for all the administrators, and then pay their cell phone bills. That's that's one of the that's one of the many things that goes on. And usually when they're trying to make cuts, that's one of the things that they'll eliminate, but not so here. The only thing that they're going to do here is tax everybody so that they can just keep wasting more money. It's amazing. Well, I was noticing on my way to school this morning, um, I was kind of paying attention to the signs on the side of the road. And I saw five no for the levy against it signs. And then I saw one vote yes. So judging by how many signs I see saying vote no, go against it, if this passes, which we all know it probably will, um, I'm just going to find that weird considering how many people are against it. Unfortunately, we vote on Dominion voting machines, which can be tampered with very easily and are fraudulent. And yep. uh, there are very, very evil people who count the votes in this town. And that's uh, that's been the case for a long time. They've always wanted, and by they I mean Democrats by and large, have typically wanted Butler County to be a blue county for a very long time. Well, I'll tell you what, this has been an enlightening conversation, and I appreciate you taking the time. If you have anything else you'd like to add, go for it, and I hope that in the future uh, we can stay in touch, and if there's any information you want to toss my way, something you hear, something strange occurs that, uh, you know, you shoot me an email, let me know, and I'll certainly bring it up on the show. How's that sound? That sounds great. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.